This is the Passport to Perspectives podcast, where we discuss travel, culture, and heritage. I'm Jason Barrera. Thanks so much for listening. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Dan Smayfield of Denver, Colorado. Dan has a vast array of travel and international experience, including time spent as an AmeriCorps officer, a study abroad program administrator, and a year-long study abroad immersion in Buenos Aires, Argentina, which allowed him the opportunity to travel throughout Latin America. Dan's generous enough to share some of his quirky stories with Argentine culture, his journey to learning Spanish, and his interactions with the international au pair community, or nanny community, in Denver. The Passport to Perspectives podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and everywhere podcasts are distributed. Please rate, subscribe, review, and share this podcast with your friends. And if you are so generously inclined, donate to this podcast on Anchor FM. Your reviews and ratings help others find the podcast, so we certainly appreciate your support. Enjoy another edition of Passport to Perspectives with the genial Dan Smayfield. Dan, how are you doing today? Good, good. How's it going, Jason? Where have you been in the world? Uh, so I've been to a number of places in Latin America. Um, spent the most time in Argentina. I was there for a year, uh, hanging out with you most of the time. Uh, besides that, um, Uruguay, Chile. Um, also went to Colombia, which is where my wife is from, um, went to Ecuador, been to Panama, um, Mexico, the Dominican Republic, um, and then, of course, Canada. I actually grew up on the border of uh, Michigan and Ontario, so I've been to Canada. And then uh, finally made my, my way over to Europe for the first time a few months ago, and I uh, visited some friends in France and Switzerland. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your wife is from Colombia. Do you guys speak Spanish at home or how does that work? No, 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 we do not. Um, <laughs> we, we speak Spanish when we're with Spanish speaking friends or when, when we're, uh, with her family. So for instance, um, a week ago or so, we went to Utah to visit a cousin of hers that lives out there. And that whole weekend we spoke Spanish, um, cause they were all Colombians. Um, but part of my, part of the, uh, the way that I think I, I got my wife was, you know, I, I was somewhat useful to her because she was, you know, her, her English is better than mine, but I'm sure she came to America to, to kind of improve her English. And so, you know, from the beginning, we just talked, spoke in English and uh, just never kind of stopped from there. Right. And can you uh, maybe go into the history of how you got into the Spanish speaking world? Because, I mean, if you really don't study it or put yourself out there, you're going to be really confined to just one language and there's so much to explore beyond just your mm-hmm. native language, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll try to make it as brief as possible, but um, I'll get into it. So, but you know, where I grew up, I never actually met a Spanish speaker. Um, you know, in in my city, there were actually some channels in French because of being close, you know, us being close to Canada. Uh, but in in Michigan, where I was, I was in a small town, never really heard a Spanish speaker. Um, it wasn't until I did AmeriCorps um, years ago, two thousand six where I went to a Walmart and I met my first person who, you know, one of the employees there, I tried to talk to her and um, she only spoke Spanish. And it was just kind of a, a surprising experience for me that I never, you know, never had growing up in a small town in Michigan. Um, so, you know, did AmeriCorps for a few years. Um, then I went to college. I, um, during college, I was working at Starbucks and at that Starbucks, uh, I, I usually worked nights and, Every Tuesday, Thursday, um, there were these customers who would come in consistently, and um, they their English was kind of broken. Um, they were very nice, but you could tell they didn't exactly 
you know, if I would start talking with them, they had a hard time understanding me. And so, um, I found I, after, you know, weeks and weeks of them coming in every Tuesday, and Thursday, I was like, so where are you guys from? And they told me the, the, the three girls, one was from Paraguay, one was from Brazil and one was from Turkey. And, um, so I, and I, they told me they were learning, they were au pairs, which I didn't know what an au pair was at the time. Um, for people who don't what, know. What, yeah. what is an au pair? Can, you, can yeah. you describe that? Yeah, totally. An au pair is basically a nanny from another country. Um, I think it's, it comes from a French word for nanny. I, I, I believe, I'm not sure. Um, but I had no idea what au pairs were. Um, and turns out there's a, there's a whole au pair community, um, <laughs> many au pairs, but they, so they came from their countries. Um, they, they all had college degrees and their, their goal, I mean, they came over here uh, to work, but their goal was mostly to, to learn English or to, or to perfect their English. Um, and I just thought that was super cool. I had never met anything like that. So, you know, me being kind of a weird guy and, you know, just wanted to chat with people like every, every time they came in, like I made them practice their English with me and, you know, it was, um, just for, trying to be friendly with them. And then like weeks and weeks went by and, um, it was only them. Sometimes they would have other friends there, but there would also be from other countries. So, um, non native Americans or, um, people originally from America. So, um, at one point I was like, so do you guys ever hang out with any Americans? And they were, they were like, no, we don't. And, um, I said to them, do you guys want to hang out sometime or something? And they were, they were like, yeah, yeah, we would. We'd love to. And so I invited them. Could, to, you, could yeah. you imagine saying that to like, like an American girl walking into your Starbucks and, <laughs> and then you saying, Hey, do you want to hang out sometime? <laughs> um, I actually, I, I probably did, but I was probably flirting with them. I wasn't flirting with these girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was just, you know, I just, I, I just, I knew what they're, when I saw them, I, I knew that their intention was they didn't come to America to hang out with only people from other countries, you know, they, and not that they had any problem hanging out with them because they're all super friendly, but they, they came to America to kind of experience America and they weren't really experiencing at least what I was seeing. It didn't seem like they were fully experienced in America if they didn't hang out with Americans. So um, I invited them to my, one of my best friends here in Denver, um, his birthday party. And they were a hit. Like they were, you know, they, everybody loved them there. They were showing everybody. It was uh, my, my, my good friend here. He's a, a swing dancer. So most of his friends are dancers too. And um, all the three girls, they all showed them dances from their country and, uh, and everybody loved it. You know, they, the, the Americans had a great time with them. They had an amazing time and um, oh, it was just really wonderful. So um, that was probably like a Friday or a Saturday. <laughs> then the next Tuesday um, they, they all come in the three of them, but they have like 10 other people from other countries with them. And so my Starbucks became this like crazy, you know, every Tuesday, Thursday, the people from the English school, which was a few blocks away, they would just all come there and um, just hang out. And so I made a lot of friends um, from different countries that way. Um, not all au pairs, but a lot of them were au pairs. Um, and it just like brought me into this, you know, different world that I never was a part of. Um, and actually, so this is a very long way to get to that point, but um, they actually were the reasons they inspired me to go and learn Spanish. Cause I, the way, what I thought was, um, you know, if they could go and learn another language, if they can put themselves out there and go to another country, why couldn't I do that exact same thing? You know? Um, right. Mm-hmm. And that, that actually listening to your story, it makes me think about that sort of feeling when, you are out, you're putting yourself out there and you feel really, really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, you might be able to as well in terms of when 
but you're only with Americans, right? Oh, yeah. That's not really the point, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like you as a study abroad officer and someone who has been abroad for an extended period of time as part of your college degree, like when you think about that, that's not really the point. And you've been in those situations where there's only people that hang out with Americans for the six months of the year and then they come back and it's like, well, what was the point? Like, why don't you just stay at home? Yeah. And honestly, I just feel, you know, the way I, I see it is I, I just feel kind of bad because I, most people, it's from what I can tell, it seems like their intention going in to studying abroad was always, oh, I'm not going to, sometimes there's literally, you know, I'm not going to hang out with any Americans, you know, I'm going to only hang out with the, you know, people from the country and that's it. And then they get abroad and they realize that, you know, it's not as, it's not that easy to make friends, um, especially when you're not a native in the language and um, they kind of default to what they're comfortable with. And so um, I I mostly just feel kind of bad for them because I don't think it's their intention, you know? Right. So that, that certainly kind of goes into of culture shock when I, I remember when you and I were abroad in the, that first three months when we were in Argentina, I was just, I was tired every single day. Yeah. Three and, months. I feel like it was probably five months or so. <laughs> yeah. Three or five months. But then you, you start to get some confidence and, but maybe talk a little bit about that culture shock uh, feeling that you get. And then if you can dovetail into reverse culture shock, when you come back, home onto your own soul mm-hmm. thing or not used to everything oh man i you know it was kind of like a whirlwind um going down to argentina um so when i went down to argentina at that point i had taken two semesters of spanish um and i remember starting out you know the first day of spanish class and i didn't understand a thing and most of the other people they took spanish in high school um i definitely did not i didn't graduate from high school um, i ended up getting my GED later but um, I didn't have any kind of experience with language. So by the end of the class, so like it was obvious to me that I was the, probably the only one who was truly committed at my university to learn the language. So I, I, I had a little bit of Spanish, but, you know, getting down there and, you know, just constantly every day, it, it just felt like a part of my brain was sort of uh, like working overtime, you know, just trying to take in all these new things and um, hearing this language I don't understand constantly. And, um, just not be, not having the control to be able to you know express myself is is very frustrating. Um, you know the culture shock thing. I I don't think it hit me as hard as it hit some other people because um, I I didn't take. I think a lot of them. I, I don't I don't know. I didn't have the same expectations. I think a lot of other people had. So you know whenever there was something that I encountered in the culture, I in in general I felt like I. I try to put things into perspective um, and, um, you know, put, th- put things into perspective and, and not just judge things right away. So, I mean, you remember my host mom, I'm sure, um, Elena, um, there, were, there were things that she would do that, you know, if I were to judge it from my own culture, uh, it would have been very negative. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes she was incredibly loud and it sounded just like she was completely, you know, yelling at us. But she, you know, it comes from like an Italian Argentine background where that's just, you know, the culture, they're kind of in your face and, um, you know, they don't mean any harm by it. But um, so I really had to put myself in check because otherwise, you know, I, I saw other people really struggle with that with the lack of understanding. Um, you know, definitely things to get used to for sure. Um, you know, men, when you greet men, you kiss them on the cheek um, in Buenos Aires. Now the reverse culture shock, I do remember um, coming back to America that, that I feel like was more pronounced for me because 
I got very, I, I really enjoyed the Argentine culture. I was, you know, um, but I, I, but I, what I realized is I forgot how Americans acted sometimes. Like I, you know, I can't, I came across a Latino and I, I, I um, a Latino, you know, person I just met at a party, a man, and I tried to kiss him on the cheek. And that's very specific to Argentina. I think, I don't think there's any other country and maybe, maybe parts of Uruguay. Um, but you know, he looked at me like I was crazy and I was like, okay, yes, I'm, I'm speaking in Spanish, but I'm not in Argentina. So I can't just kiss any man who's speaking Spanish to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I also remember not remembering if you have to hail a bus. Do you remember how in, in, in Argentina you have to hail a bus if you want to stop? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every time. Right? And the bus I would take to, to, to my college, I would forget. Do I hail the bus? Do I not hail the bus? Um, wh- which way do you line up on the street? Because you line up or uh, for the bus. You line up in a different way than you um, line up in America. Yeah. Li- lines are not universal like in the world. No, not at all, man. And the way the way they are organized, that's certainly yeah. one of the things I always recognize. Going there, the culture shock, I just kind of embraced it. It was like such a, I mean, I, I honestly felt like it was something I'd, I would never, ever in a million years do in my life. And so I just felt very fortunate every single day I was there. When people learn English in, in other countries, a lot of times they're doing it for economic reasons. You know, they're either doing it for cultural or economic reasons. You know, they can get a better job if they speak English. Um, or cultural, you know, they just love um, American movies and um, or American TV shows. And so, you know, I guess I don't really think of it as too much of a negative. I just think it is it is kind of what it is. Um, it's I, I guess there's probably some downsides, but I, I think there's also you know, a lot of positivity. Um, I remember when I was in our when well, I guess when we were in Argentina, um, I was a bigger fan of Argentine movies than the Argentines were. Because, you know, all the Argentines that I met, they loved American movies. They never watched Argentine movies. Um, and, you know, I don't think that's necessarily – to me, that's, there's nothing about that that is, you know, our culture dominating their culture. I mean, I guess, I guess that's what's happening. But um, it is literally, literally just a preference. They prefer the American movies because they see them as higher quality or they like the, the bigger budget or, you know, whatever. Um, and I, I tend to think you just can't stop that type of thing. You know, it, it reminds me sort of a Walmart. Like I, you know, I shop at Walmart sometimes. I don't like going to Walmart, but I think it reflects what people truly, what, what they, they prefer. And, um, you know, at Walmart, they prefer, people prefer lower prices. Like they don't care that the employees there don't know anything about the, the DVDs they're selling. They just want the DVD to be, to be the cheapest possible. Um, they just want their toys to be as cheap as possible. Right. So, I guess I don't look at it as, as with a tragic outlook that I think a lot of um, some Americans look at it as. I just think it's kind of, it is what it is. Um, I will say that I, uh, I had one experience that kind of that sticks out to me when I think of this. Um, when I, you know, you may remember my, my, my solo trip down to Patagonia, um, which it was around the same time that you and I both like finally be, like broke through with Spanish, where it was like around Christmas time. Uh, both you and I were like, oh my, like what, what happened? We can speak Spanish. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, and I went down to Patagonia and I remember um, being, you know, being very surprised at some of the people, especially in very Southern Patagonia, where these people were traveling there and they couldn't speak a word of Spanish. Literally, I met this one Irish guy who he said, he told me he had been traveling through South America for like six or seven months. And he was trying to speak to people in English on a bus. I remember, I remember this pretty clearly. You know, 
of all the words you can't learn how to to say, you can't learn how to say here, you know, because he said he literally said here to the bus driver in English. You know, you can say a key or a car, but you, you can't learn that in your six months you're down in the country. Um, and I think even further down when I got to Bariloche, or not to Bariloche, to, um, to Tierra del Fuego, to Ushuaia, um, in some shop, there was just some guy there trying to speak to the shop owner um, in in English. And I just, you know, I just, I really couldn't believe it. Like, I it, I, I think I made a joke to the, to the shop owner about how, like, why did I spend all this time learning Spanish if I can just come down here and speak English? You know, let me give you another story, if you don't mind. <laughs> uh, when so when I when I was in Paris with my wife and um, we were actually with two friends who they were doing their own European trip, and they met up with us in Paris, and we were at um, the, a subway station, and one of the, the the our friend she was having trouble with her ticket to get into the subway, and so um, I walked up to the you know the 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 operator at the station. I said, parlez-vous anglais or, or espanol? You know, basically, do you speak English or Spanish? Because I, I don't speak French, but I can at least say, do you speak, you know, do you speak French? I don't speak French. Anyway, we asked the guy, do you speak English or Spanish? And he's like, no. And so my wife came over who she speaks, you know, um, I'd say like average French probably. She comes over and she starts talking to the guy in French, right? And you know, she's telling that the, she's telling the guy that the ticket isn't working. And this guy responds back to us in perfect English. He responds back to us. He says something like, Oh yeah, that machine's given us, been giving us problems all day. Um, here, just go ahead and go through. Like he understood English, but this guy was so sick of, you know, what I realized later, cause I saw a different incident um, at a different station. This, you know, all these people come to that station and just probably yell at him in English. And he's like, you, you, I mean, I, I just have to assume like, he's looking at all these Americans. It's like, what, who, what, you guys are idiots. That's so awful. Yeah, that's awful. But as soon as we tried, you know, as soon as we tried to speak in French, that he was totally fine. And um, and I, I don't say that like I'm not trying to make him sound like a bad guy. I actually think he's awesome, <laughs> you know. Um, and that no, was he's the other standing story. up for himself, and yeah. he's he's taking a stand against all these tourists mm-hmm. who have they've taken like at least bring some flashcards or something. use oh, your yeah. freaking phone, man. Like yeah, do something. Stop making these people their job to put up with you because you're culturally uh, obnoxious you know what yeah I mean? well at, at the very least at the very these, least like these interactions are very basic like yeah yeah gate door here through well help. i think i think i think the problem comes for the people who expect them to speak english you know and that's insane and i literally saw i saw some american in, in a different station in france where she was just being so rude to the to the um, station operator in english and it was crazy to me. I just never, I could never imagine doing that. And what, it wasn't anything that was, you know, who knows what was wrong, what was wrong. Like I, the ticket wasn't working or something, but um, like, why would you expect him to speak, to understand you right now? You know, it was, uh, it was kind of sad to watch. I feel like we are, we have a very good in this country. I mean, we are a country based off of ideas and not off of, you know, race or um, sort of just, you know, blood and soil you know people who have been here for gener. you know we have people from all over the world and kind of come here to america based off the ideas of america right and so that leads to in just a very to me a very selfish way is just all the amazing international food that we have here the international food the, the international communities um so you know especially out there in california but you know in every single community there's there's folks from all over the world um in, you know in all major cities 
So I just really, you know, I really appreciate the fact that I can, you know, try food from all over the world and meet people from all over the world here, right here in Denver. Um, I think it's so awesome. Dan, thanks for doing this. Yeah, man, Jason, anytime. This was fun.